Welcome to Giving Youth a Voice podcast, where we share information to youth by youth. Stick around to see what information the youth in our community choose to share this month. Melissa Grodin is a human service professional with 27 years of experience in the field. She engages in a person-centered approach to support, educate, and empower those in need. Melissa has worked at the Council of Southeast Pennsylvania, Inc. for 15 years, overseeing the prevention, school services, and training programs. She has also been an adjunct professor at Chestnut Hill College for 15 years. Melissa is a board-certified human services professional, certified family recovery specialist, a certified trainer in Pennsylvania Student Assistance Program, and Youth Mental Health First Aid. What exactly is SAP and what is the purpose of it? That's a great question. SAP is a mandated program. Um, SAP stands for Student Assistance Program. It's mandated in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and it is a program to help support students who are experiencing barriers to their educational success. How does SAP work exactly? The way that it works is if someone has a concern about a student, if they are concerned about their academics, their attendance, their health, their behaviors, anything that's causing a barrier to them being successful in their school, they can make a referral to the SAP team. The SAP team will take the referral, they'll check and see if anything has been done to try to help support the student before the referral came to them. If there has been something done, calling home, um, maybe checking in with the student themselves about any concerns that they might have, meeting with the school counselor, the administrator, if some of those things have been done prior to the referral, then the SAP team will actually collect some data on the student. And it sounds a little weird and scary maybe, but the data that's collected is specific observable behaviors. So it's going to be forms that are sent to the teachers. It might be sent to the school nurse, the school counselor, the administrator, just asking what they see. And it's going to be, how are you in class? Um, how are you with completing your homework, your assignments, being on time? It also asks to talk about strengths. Uh, do you display good leadership qualities? Do you work well with others? Do you work well independently? The data is collected and it's reviewed by the SAP team. And with that data, we actually look for patterns of behaviors. So we might look at, is the student asking to go to the bathroom or the nurse during every class period? And maybe they're not going every class period. Um, Are they having problems in all their classes, maybe not turning in work? Or is it a specific class, you know, like math or something that some of us, it's hard to do. So we look at some of that information and we determine, is there a need for us to provide support to that student? Is the, is the student showing that there's a concern with academics? Maybe they need extra help or extra support in a class. Maybe they need a mentor or a tutor. Um, so we look at those things. And as a team, then we make recommendations and when we make the recommendations, we look at what, so what supports, what services are available. We bring the parent in, we call home, and we say, you know, we have some concerns. We want to share what we've noticed, and we want to share some ways that we can help support your child. We bring the student in, we share the same information, and as a team, we try to work together to identify 
what are the best supports or what is something that someone could do. Maybe it's a student who doesn't really feel connected in school, who is new to the district and really hasn't had the opportunity to be involved to make friends. We could look at what kind of clubs, what kind of after-school activities are there that students can get involved with. And the SAP team will then try to work to connect the student with those resources. Okay. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, that's really nice. Who exactly is a part of the SAP team? So the SAP team is made up with individuals, like I said, who have been trained, but they can be uh, a classroom teacher. We we really encourage SAP teams to be uh, diverse, and we want people on the SAP team who at least one person on the team would know any student that's brought up. There is a SAP counselor who sits on the SAP team that works with our agency that's there to provide additional supports to students because sometimes when people hear, oh, my teacher's going to be on that, my teacher might be on that team, or my teacher has to fill out this form and say these things about me, SAP is confidential. So uh, if you're not on the SAP team, you don't know why someone was referred to SAP. So if your classroom teacher gets a referral and they're not on the team, all they know is to fill out this information. They don't know why. So is it less so of a club and more so a team of different adults within each school in Pennsylvania to help work towards the well-being of the students? That's a perfect way to put it. What kind of support can a team offer to students and their families? It really depends. Um, It depends on what the concern is. It depends on what started or prompted that referral in the first place. It depends on the need of the student and the family. But I can say if there has been something that's been identified, if those patterns have been identified of concern, we're going to work with the student and the family to try to provide them with resources in the community, in the school, whatever will help them. Is each situation that SAP finds, because I know that each student can have a different situation, will each situation be ended up going to the parents or is it only certain situations? Because I know some situations are kept confidential with parents and some are told. So is this the same or is any situation reported to parents? I think that's a great question. It's um, no. Once you're, uh, sometimes people call it getting sapped. Um, Once you're in SAP, you can get out of SAP. It's not a situation where it's a program that you stay with for the rest of your education. It could be something where you were referred once and you are provided recommendations or resources and that's it. You might never get referred to SAP again. We only get involved to make sure that the supports are there, that the student has the support to be successful. And once we see that things are going in a positive direction, that the student feels supported, the student is, you know, maybe that student who's new to the district feels more connected, then we might just sit back and check in in a couple months to see how things are going. But then that's it. It's not something that it follows. Um, you know, if you're referred to SAP in kindergarten, you're not going to be in SAP until you're graduating. Who can refer students to SAP? Anybody can refer anyone to SAP at any time. So there's essentially no limit as to who can refer it to anybody who wants to. Absolutely. Um, that also kind of I would like to caution um, and say that we will really look into every referral. Um, 
because we want to make sure that it is a legitimate referral, there's a legitimate concern. Can I refer someone to SAP without anyone knowing? Students can. The principals and teachers, like when you join SAP, would they see your information? It depends. I do want to say you don't join SAP. You might be referred to SAP. Um, But a principal has the right to see any educational record in the building. Um, the principal, the administrator, if they're part of the team, they're going to know that information. If a teacher is on the team, they will have that information. But if they are not on the team, they won't know anything. Okay, yeah, I see what you mean. And um, I feel like it is, like, important for that, like, just so um, the information is still kind of private, but not, not like, private to the point where, like, no one knows. I feel like that's, right. like, a good way, something like this, you know, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. No, it, it makes total sense. We want to make sure that the confidentiality, because we're talking about, you know, specific concerns for a student, and it's not necessarily something that needs to be or, or should be widely discussed throughout the school. So for, for SAP itself, we make it difficult to be able to get that information. And we do it on purpose because we're looking out for your well-being as a student. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's really like a great addition, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, Yeah. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Does the information on your file go on your personal record? So the SAP information is part of the educational record. However, it is not kept with your general education record. A SAP file is kept separately in a confidential location where only the people on the SAP team will have access to it. It's not part of your permanent record, so to say, if you were to apply to school, if you were to um, go to a trade school, go to college, try to get a job, it's not something that's going to be passed along. It's not going to be sent as part of your transcripts. If you transferred to another school, it's not something that's going to be sent with those records unless somebody specifically asks for that. So it's, it's not accessible by every single person in the building. It's just the SAP team. So essentially, it'll be on your record from the time that SAP is working with you, but beyond them working with you and helping you, it won't stay for the rest of your high school career, middle school or elementary. It'll just stay for the time that you were getting helped. The record of the information will stay until you graduate, until whatever the policy of the district is for record retention. But it's not going to be with like your cumulative file, with all your grades, with all your classes, with all your notes. It's not going to be part of that. It will be separate, but it's not something that if you were referred and you receive SAP services in middle school, it's not something where people would most likely know it might just be the school counselor might know, and no one is, is actually accessing that information unless maybe you get referred in high school. Someone might go back and say, what did we do in middle school to help support the student? So we can see, do we need to do something differently? But it's not like it's something that follows you that everybody knows about. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 
what should I do, say, if I am worried about a friend? I think that's a really good question. And I think, um, y- you know, you know your relationship best with your friend. If there's something that you are really concerned about, I would speak to an adult about that. I Maybe go to your school counselor, go to the social worker, um, find out who the people are on your SAP team, because maybe it could be your favorite teacher is on the team. And you can say, hey, I'm really worried about so-and-so. This is what I'm worried about. They just seem really sad lately, or I know they're doing some things that maybe aren't the best decisions for them to be healthy or, or be successful. And I don't really know what to do. I don't know how to help them. I don't know how to support them. I know there's this thing called SAP. Um, Maybe that can help them. So I think it's just be honest and and share what your concerns are or do your safe to say report because sometimes safe to say reports do come to the SAP team as well. Based off of what you said, are you allowed to ask, say, your guidance counselor who in your school is on your SAP team or will they not tell you? No, that's not private information. There's usually on, in my experience, there's usually on the school district's website or the building website, um, typically in the guidance section, um, there's information on who are the SAP team members. But that is not, that's not private information. So when exactly was SAP started? Like how long ago did it start and was introduced into schools? SAP started in 1984. And interestingly enough, um, SAP, when SAP started in 1984, it started with three pilot districts in Pennsylvania. And Nishamini was one of the three pilot districts. So SAP actually started here in Nishamini School District in 1984. It has been around that long. It's changed a little bit on how it looks and and how widely known it is, but there's still it still sometimes is like a secret society. People don't really know what it is. They don't know that it's supported. It's 1984 and right here. The first rule of SAP Club is you don't talk about SAP. Exactly. <laughs> it's funny because when they first talked about SAP, they like, do you know what SAP is? I'm like, I've never heard of that before. Yeah. Like the, even, the even the couple times, like after the fact, I was like, I still don't, I've still never heard that throughout yeah. my school before. I say it's the um, worst kept secret, best kept secret. It's it, And I don't like that because I feel like everybody should know what SAP is, but it is something that... I guess you could look at it if you you could look at it two ways. One, it's not great that you don't know about it because then that could potentially be a support and resource for you or your peers. Um, but on the other hand, maybe that shows you how confidential the program is. You know how much we don't talk about who the kids are that are receiving SAP services. So. I think we could do a better job letting people know what it is because it's 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 actually a very helpful program. Um, I referred my daughter to SAP when she was in middle school, and she received SAP services, and it was probably one of the best things. So it's it's something that 
even though it's this secret thing, you know, what happens in SAP, we don't talk about SAP. Um, yeah, what happens in SAP stays in SAP. And the first rule of SAP is there is no SAP. Um, (laughs) I I think you saw my line. I I know I was, I was saying it back because it's true. I think sometimes that's what we look at, but we also do a disservice then when we're not aware of what it is because to me, the thought of your peers, the thought of you walking around every day and needing support and not being able to access it or not knowing where to go and not knowing that there's something right here that can help, that makes me sad. Um, so, yeah, I think we things like this, doing the podcast, you asking these questions, I think is fantastic because we don't know what people don't know until they tell us. I think one of the things that I was confused about at first when asked if I like had heard about it at the high school, I think, or when asked if we had it, I think my initial thought was I thought that it was a club. Mm-hmm. So when I was like looking through the club list, I'm like, oh, there's no SAP here. We don't have SAP. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm discovering that it's not a club, nothing like it really. It's yeah no students working in it specifically and more specifically with counselors and teachers and not students. It's a really unique program. I think that's a great point because I don't want to say quote-unquote problems but every person goes through their own thing big or small or minor Mm -hmm. or major everybody goes through their own things and Sometimes people automatically think when it comes to referral, it's about something really bad Mm -hmm. or something really extreme when the levels on people's health and well-being can range from many different things. Like you said, from mental health to anxiety to something as simple as school, not as struggling with schoolwork. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's good to state that no matter how big or small it is, it's still valid and still worth talking about and getting help for. A hundred percent. I think that it's definitely the way to look at it is not as a bad thing as a negative. It is that something is going on that is preventing someone from having, you know, the the happiness and, and a healthy life or um, achieving what we know the potential is there to achieve, you know, and I I love that you said that because I think one of the most important things is to understand that if you're referred to SAP, that's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. Some people view it as a bad thing to get help because people automatically think of the scary aspects of it and think that they'll get in trouble with their parents or they'll be viewed differently. But at the end of the day, you are your own person and getting the help you need and doing what's best for yourself may seem scary or may not seem like the best solution, but at the end of the day, it is. I think if there's any opportunity that is available to somebody, especially a young person, where you can get support, you have somebody to talk to that's judgment-free, that you have somebody to help navigate you um, or provide support as you navigate through your life events, I think that would be amazing to have that. And, And that's what we try to do with SAP. 
Yeah, and I think that the way you describe that, like, really, like, makes me feel, I guess, more, I believe the idea more of sap more, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, and that's what we, we kind of have to, like, unmask the mystery. Are there signs and symptoms we should look for that might be a reason to refer someone to SAP? Besides what we look for in the academics, attendance, health, and behaviors, what you could look for or what we suggest people to look for is changes in behaviors. If there is a student who all of a sudden isn't doing the usual things that they love to do, they drop out of the school play, they drop out of their sports, they start changing their peer group, they're not hanging out with the same people, or they're not hanging out with anyone. Um, Somebody who was doing a really good job in their academics and all of a sudden is not doing a great job. So really anything that is a change, risky behaviors, obviously, um, if someone is using substances, if someone's harming themselves in any way, shape, or form, Uh, But for the most part, we look at a a change, something that is not typical for that individual. Yeah. Yeah, I see. I see what you mean. Yeah, I think that's really good. What is one thing you want everybody to know and remember about SAP? I think the one thing that um, I want everyone or I hope everyone would know and remember about SAP is that it is available to anybody and it is a supportive program. It's not something to make anyone feel bad or to make anyone think that they did something wrong. It's there to help. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, just to like have that overall message, I feel like is the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. The message of no matter what you're going through, it is important and people just want to help. Yeah, 100%. Thank you for the conversation. This was really like helpful information and really good information about SAP. And yeah, and I really appreciated it. Thank you. I appreciate the time. I agree. Thank you for joining us and giving us more information and insight on the program and making sure everybody knows that it is available to everyone. My pleasure. Thank you. That's it for this month's episode of Giving Youth a Voice. Any questions for this podcast can be emailed to podcast at nc4youth.org. Make sure to follow us on your favorite podcasting app and be sure to sign up to our email list on nc youth.org so you don't miss out on our next episode this project is made possible by funding through bucks county drug and alcohol commission incorporated i'm grayson wishing you a happy and healthy month see you next episode